Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 35 of the Tiny Disc Podcast, a show about games and life. I'm Robert Scarponito, and I'm joined here by the bedazzling Jack Cepeda. Bong bong, everybody. Giant and shaman, Jack Cepeda here. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Fucking what? Mm-hmm. And the, Giant and shaman. The timeless classic, Colin Sparling. <laughs> I have no idea why they find that so fucking hilarious. <laughs> you got me on that Metal Gear kick, so it just like popped up in my head. The Guys, blood flies like the wind. What would be your Metal Gear operative name? Like, oh, dude. Um, you're in Fox Gaseous Snake. <laughs> the long lost brother. Gone to the wind. I'd be a, I'd be trembling marmot. Nah, dude, he didn't. He wasn't gone to the wind. He broke the wind. Oh, gross. <laughs> yep. Trembling marmot. Yeah, that's me. Okay, I'd probably go with okay. like shambling turtle. <laughs> Either that or steady turtle. <laughs> it's one of the best Runs parts with of uh, river dances with wolves. <laughs> one of the, one of the so, best parts of uh, Metal Gear uh, Five, right, was all the name generations that they made for mm-hmm. your base and all that. I love that. You know, game well, that I still need to play. While we're talking about Metal Gear Survive, just for all of you out there, I've, I've heard this. If you plan on playing Metal Gear Survive, you get to make a character and you get to choose your name. Definitely write your name in Metal Gear format because, like, they show a list of all the characters who have, like, died in the story in the beginning. And it's, like, you know, Shambling Turtle, uh, you know, uh, Punching Raven. And if you just do, like, you know, John Jackson, it's just not going to fit. No, yeah. Pro tip. Yeah, pro tip. <laughs> there are just so many like Metal Gear name generators out there too. Just Google it. Yeah, they're pretty great. Oh, and by the way, you can only have one character in Metal Gear Survive because if you want an extra save, you have to pay for it. It's how you survive. You have to survive with that one save. Yeah, you have to survive with that one save or else you got to pay 10 smackaroonies to have another one. Or pay that 10 smackaroonies for food. Up to you. What's What's better for your survival? I mean, you can t- you can pay them ten macaronis for ten macaronis. You have to buy food in that game. No, in real life. Oh, I guess. <laughs> okay. Clearly, what's, yeah. what's more important, the number one at McDonald's or gotcha. an extra save file? <clears throat> That's garbage. Welcome to the Delirious Podcast. Yeah. Hey. Hi. <laughs> I think we're all going senile early, you guys. I mean, we're we're all exhausted, you know. We've all we've all been working a lot. Jack, you you went through an escape room. Just you're hot off an escape room. I escaped, guys. I'm here. I'm alive. They didn't keep me locked in. It was fun, man. I was there. It was a team building exercise. About what twelve or so of us in this room, and it was called the playground. Oh, that's and haunting. Man, it was really actually fun. You know, there might be like horror based ones, right? Like that would actually be pretty scary. But this one was just like like a um, grade school themed thing. And there was a like a scoreboard like up on the board and like there were like 12 different puzzles you had an hour to get through. And it was really actually cool. Like as we were solving puzzles and finding things, <clears throat> different like hidden chambers would open up. And like one time this like just hole in the wall like opened up and you had to like slide down. It was like a really long deep slide you had to go down. Huh. 
And then you just don't see them anymore until you can open the door. (laughs) It was intense. You're like screaming up at each other from the slide. Was it kind of one Uh, of those things where like you let one person go first and they like said, we on the way down. And then like there's a point where you stop hearing them. Well, yeah. I mean, there was just so many people there that we were all we just spread out. Right. And we're doing different things. And plus you had 12 different puzzles to do. That's like six minutes, not even six minutes. Right. Uh, for an hour like that's it's not a lot of time per puzzle so we had to really hustle and uh, we did we did use up all of our hints and we had to I think we had to ask for one extra hint but still we were able to finish the game with 30 seconds left on the clock it was epic what kind of hint like lifeline like let me lifeline Bob it was like there's like TVs on the wall and like if we asked for a hint then they would put a hint up on the screen we had to read it and kind of decipher it so someone's watching you at all times creepy yeah, Yo. they're watching at all times, and uh, if you wanted a hint, everyone in the group had to agree and lift and raise their hand uh, to get a hint, or else they wouldn't do it. I want to so, play a game. Yeah, <laughs> right. Play a game. So, the doors were never locked, though. Like, I mean, the door to just leave, like the first door you walk in to get in there, was never locked. Mm. Um, but the other doors, like the other chambers to the puzzle room, were locked. But man, it was crazy. You had to do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like there was like a. Uh, one thing that I remember was there was like a board. It was like a matrix, right? Like a X and Y plane. You get what I'm saying? Like a, mm-hmm. like a, like a, you know how you see those bell curve things and all that. Anyways, right. each block had like a a block there that you had to pull out, and you had to find like all these bean bags everywhere, like all over the place. And what and the bean bags had two numbers on them. They're coordinates. And once someone called out all the coordinates and you pull them out of this like matrix right it would it would have an equation in it like it spelled it like in light with the blocks that you pull out what the and fuck? yeah Yo. and then you had to like solve the equation and then that was like the code to like one of the padlocks like on like solve you know, like the, calculus level solve or like no 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 it wasn't that bad it was it was very simple but still you know one plus two is an equation technically but yeah. um you know what i'm saying so uh and then there was like mini golf involved i don't know it was really cool and then, like, <laughs> and then there was there, mini golf we had to play yeah. mini golf to unlock one of the I doors <laughs> it was like you had to like you, you had to have teamwork like someone had to i don't know it's really hard to explain but you had to have teamwork Doggy. to get this ball to go down this hole or else it wouldn't go unless like three people were like working together and then you had to put we had to put together this puzzle and when you put together the puzzle it had like there were two puzzles and it had a crossword Okay, and so you had to like, and then the crosswords on the wall, you had to write in dry erase like the answers to the crossword. You had to you had to solve the crossword, and um, once you did that, there were like in certain squares the crossword there were like colored dots, and so and then there was like one one red dot, and then this square over here is two red dots. This square over here there's three red dots, and then you had to go in order of the red dots to spell out to spell out a number which went into this other thing. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> it was just in, it was really intense it was way harder than i thought it would be and i was it, really kind of surprised we made it but I was, sounds, it was cool that sounds like those fucking um flash games that i used to play all the time you guys don't know what i'm talking about like uh escape the room or whatever the hell it was like nah. well th- it was like the these old shitty flash games where they would just like put you in a room and it would be like okay so like what you don't know is you actually got to take the handle off the plunger and stick it in the door and somehow it unlocks the lock. Like it's fucking like the most random shit. It there was, was ridiculous. One thing, there was one thing where we had to uh, like literally channel an electrical current through our bodies with like six people to like turn on this light bulb. That's cool. That's like <laughs> that so crazy. cool though. Yeah, that was crazy. Like we had to like chain it over to light this level so i don't know it was really super cool i'm kind of giving away a little bit of the solutions but it's the first time i ever did it uh we made it i'm i just am so glad we made it because i would have been so full of shame if we did 
Would do you? That. That's because we're so close. <clears throat> would you do it again? No. Well, obviously not that one. Well, yeah, that'd be too easy, right? But yeah, now I'm like kind of hyped for it now, and like I understand why people get excited. It's a great, it's a great group thing to do, you know. So yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty fun. Good yeah. uh, fun way to spend an hour. I'll yeah, and, it, and it's it's funny that like um, I know I was referencing Saul earlier, but I, I was actually just reading that. And I, and I forget where, probably somewhere in California, I would assume. But uh, they created a an exact replica of the set of the first Saw movie. Like the wow. warehouse and like the room and shit like that, like the butcher, uh, the, the slaughterhouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they created an exact replica of that and they turned it into like one of those escape rooms. And they had oh, like a grand opening crap. for it recently. And the dude who played Jigsaw in the Saw movies was like at the grand opening and everything and taking pictures with people. Speaking of exact yeah. replicas of places that don't really exist, I just read this before the show today, but at South by Southwest here in Austin, in the desert, HBO is actually building a replica of Westworld, the town. Oh, Yo, no. That's oh, pretty no. cool to go visit. And I'm not even a huge fan of that show. I mean, I've seen a few episodes and I it's really dark and really messed up. And, you know, if I ever had the time, I guess I'd go back and watch it. But just the fact that you can go and visit, like it makes me want to watch the show, kind of catch up. There's only like, what, one season, right? Yeah. I think right now, right? That's like the, yeah. the future sci-fi dystopia one, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you don't really know. Like, there's Android. I don't know. There's kind of spoilers to be said in like a few words. So right. I don't want to say too much. But uh, but yeah, that that's kind of cool that they're gonna build that. And you know, if HBO's doing it, they don't really skimp on stuff. So it could be really neat. Right, who knows? You'll, South, you'll, by, South by Southwest here in like a month is gonna be crazy. In this yeah, game. you'll have to go there. Let us know like if it's worth the hype. You know, we'll see. <laughs> the crowds here are unreal. Like trap. I'm just I'm just trying to get to work and back at this point. <laughs> You're just South one by man. Southwest. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. I don't have tickets for South by, but mm. well, I mean, oh wait, I do for the gaming actually. I Ooh. do have a wristband for that, so we'll see about Ooh. that. Oh, the South by Southwest gaming conference. The interact, yeah, the interactive uh, part of it. Yeah. Oh Maybe. shit, we'll have to see. Uh, just want to let you guys know off the top ish here that we are going to be doing a Black Panther spoiler cast at the end of this episode. So if you have seen that movie, which chances are you might have, because a lot of people saw that movie this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, do stick around after the music. We will have a pretty fun in-depth spoiler cast about it, so that'll be great. Uh, for now, though, let's talk about some video games. So I kind of want to kick things off uh, with talking about Bayonetta 2 for the Switch. Self-serve. Thanks. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep doing that every time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so if I remember right, Jack, you own Bayonetta 2 back for the Wii U. Yes, I played it. I played a lot of it. I have not beat it, though, but I definitely have played enough to know that it is one of the best character action games out there. The first one was awesome. Second one just built upon it, Mm -hmm. and they really just slammed it home, man. That game's sick. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I I played Bayonetta 1 fairly recently, like within the last year, so that was my first time playing a Bayonetta game. Not my first Platinum game by any means, but first one with a with a witch that uses her hair to kill things uh and yeah it's just as expected and so when i heard hey bayonetta 2 is coming out for the uh the switch i was like hell yeah i'm not gonna buy a wii u to play bayonetta 2 might as well pick it up here Mm -hmm. um man that game runs like a dream 60 fps both undocked and docked like that's just you can't beat that especially for a character action game right and 
it just it doesn't fail to deliver you know it just from the get-go things are just over the top you know stupid amounts of action like that typical you know like this is dumb this is wouldn't happen it's like that that feeling of watching a fast and furious movie but like in video game form plus superpowers and demons and angels so not really a fast and furious movie but you know just <laughs> that that feeling of like suspend all of your disbelief because it's yes, actually the prequel to tokyo drift oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> it's it's about the main character's mom back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, I kind of wasn't expecting a uh like to see Bayonetta after Bayonetta 2 like 4 years ago cuz you know, like it released on pretty much a dead console. You know, just it felt like it kind of yeah. lost its mark. That was like, such a I remember at the time that it was such a weird choice. You know yeah. what I mean? Like cuz I'll and be honest, like, I well, go ahead. No, I was yeah, I was just going to say that like it was such an odd for like out of nowhere franchise for Nintendo to pick up and be like, we're going to make this exclusive and we're making a sequel. And on top of that, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, I don't know if it was directly through Nintendo, but platinum or Nintendo or somebody, they actually teamed up with uh playboy to have a cosplay like promotional thing done for it. So they had a, like a playboy bunny dress up as Bayonetta. I That's did not, news to me. Man. I did not know that. Yeah, it, it was a thing. It was like kind of not really a huge deal at the time, but it like there was some news news uh, sites that were covering it. You mean this some in Europe or, nudes, or Japan? This was not site? in. This is this is. I'm pretty sure this is in the U.S. If I recall right, and I will say like it was like tastefully done. It wasn't like nudes or anything like that, but it was like yeah, there was like a Playboy Bunny cosplaying as Bayonetta, and it was. I'm really very cool. surprised. It's the first I've heard of this. Same. Yeah. Um. But yeah, check it check it out in your spare time. But it, it was pretty cool, like how they did it and stuff. The co- like it the was costume. so cool, guys. Yeah, it was so cool. Oh my god, aha, <laughs> dude! That's like the, the costume was fucking awesome, though. It was like to the to a T, like accurate. It was it was pretty sweet. Did did the um, uh, model grow out her hair and then they fashioned her clothes out of her own hair while it was still attached to her head? Can we please talk about anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay, but- yeah, so I'll admit I've played more of Bayonetta as like a character on Smash than I have Bayonetta 2 until like this weekend, right? When I got the game. And just, oh man, it's so fun. It's just over the top action. Like Jack said, it builds on the first one. It's as tight, if not tighter, which I'm kind of a big fan of. And it just feels great to be able to pause it at any point and just like put it down and, you know, I've got to go do this or that and then come back to it and just pick it right back up like mid cutscene, mid fight mid whatever you know it's a completely possible game at any time which is really nice very few games are known for their mechanics and that's always been my biggest takeaway with bayonetta like i play that game not because not for the story not for the character design not for the music certainly i don't really like the music to be honest oh with really not I don't it's not my favorite but I come to the game because it feels so good to play it's so snappy it's so responsive there's so much like to learn right to, and so many abilities to unlock and so much ass to kick and it just feels great in the hands the controller and, and it's just tight mechanics and so I can't think of too many games where I come to for the mechanics specifically like maybe Street Fighter yeah you know so. I you know usually when people had had uh, asked me about being in the past I usually compare it to Devil May Cry because I think that's the closest experience to it personally yeah I, I think with Devil May Cry though it's more about like just knowing the combos right mm-hmm. whereas like with Bayonetta you're kind of building up to like you know your bar and then you know using it to like launch really cool moves you know like like those, those right, right. climaxes I, I, they're called 
there's definitely different nuances and stuff, but the whole character driven like hack and slash idea and for like in a game that you come to play for like solid mechanics, like Jack was saying, I, I, I think Devil May Cry is probably the closest thing to it. Definitely not the same, though. Yeah, because I'll agree, like the mechanics are definitely the thing keeping me here. I mean, story's interesting enough, I guess. Right. Yeah. But it definitely just feels like a backdrop or as an excuse to just say, yeah, we're going to put Bayonetta on the back of a moving vehicle while she's fighting off all of these things. And the vehicle isn't piloted and is about to crash. And now you have to go through this thing where you're jumping from rock to rock to rock in slow motion, which time, you know what I mean? And it's just like, right. No, yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guys, are, the guys at Platinum are just like, okay, so we're going to have this set piece, that set piece, this pet set piece and that set piece. And then they go up to the writers are like, here, just write some sort of. I don't reason. know. I guess a narrative G- to this. Give a reason to why. Probably yeah. give some sort of reason. Like, oh, and they're, they're and, and just put like put Joe Pesci things, in it I too, guess. if you can. Yeah, <laughs> 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 forget about it. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I actually still have not played Bayonetta, Bayonetta two. I beat the first game. Have not played wow. the second game yet. So I'm still. I need to play it though. Yeah, Bayonetta, Bayonetta two is one of those sequels. One of those that really, really, really just eclipse the original Agreed. in pretty much every facet. Like I got Bay- like I played Bayonetta one on on Steam, and now I bought Bayonetta two physical, so I got like the you know Bayonetta one digital with it on uh, Switch. And I told myself, yeah, I'll probably go back to Bayonetta one after I beat Bayonetta two. But now I'm kind of feeling like, man, I don't know. I might just like play Bayonetta two again because it just feels that <laughs> much better. And it's so uh, sad, it'll never come out on PC. Yeah, and and they've added. I don't remember for sure if this was like in the original game, but Jack, maybe you can help me with this. There's a thing called tag climax. Mm-mm. Do you recognize that? No. No, so <laughs> basically it's two two characters. So basically like you have two bayonettas or like a bayonetta and a jean or something. And you can just like do six battles in a row. Like you choose which six fights you want to do from like presets and you just get a bunch of halos for it. So basically you just tag team the fights and whoever deals no. the most damage wins that fight in a way. And like you get more halos out of it, which is kind of neat. Cause I remember playing the first game and thinking like, you know, it's cool and all that, like, you can buy weapons and buy abilities and stuff from the shop, but it gets to a point where there's so much to buy and you don't make enough coins your first run through that unless you're playing that game, like, for time attack, essentially, you're not going to buy everything mm-hmm. in the shop. Mm-hmm. Whereas this mm-hmm. tag climax, right. you know, it gives you, like, another way to earn currency that kind of feels fun and rewarding still instead of just, you know, how can I beat this the fastest time? How can I practice my dodges? How can I never get hit and get, like, you know platinum trophies on everything you know what i mean yeah 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 awesome so. man and are you playing in handheld mode much i'm i'm doing both actually i'm playing both how's the frame rate 60 fps in handheld too yes okay awesome <laughs> yeah i actually bought a new dock so i could like have two in the house which is pretty oh my gosh Damn, pretty you, you drop that fucking Bro. What, 90 bucks 50, yes. well, actually 40 because i got the nyko dock which is uh, it's much smaller, genius, so dude. it's easier to move. Easy. They it's could like, listen, dude. I'm not even kidding. They could have charged like eighty dollars for that dock, and people would still buy it because it's ten dollars cheaper. Yeah, it's true. But <laughs> I, I got would. like forty bucks for a dock. So that's not bad. No, that's oh. yeah, okay. Yeah, so I'm work, less like, impressed. Does it work now. well? Uh yeah. I mean, I haven't noticed any problems so far. It's really just the smaller form factor. Uh, so right. like, is that first, the portable one where that it doesn't cover the screen? Is that the one? Yeah, it's that okay. one. So I was a little worried at first of how well it cradle like the switch itself, like the tablet itself, while you're like playing, but it actually holds it up pretty well. Okay. Like no complaints. Yeah, I was actually curious about those too because 
um wait can can you can you play it while it's charging since it's like can you play it in like say tabletop mode when it's like that i don't know i mean i think there might be a way to do that but maybe if you like unplug the hdmi but i don't know every Hmm. time i've plugged it in it's been like oh yeah like turn on your tv get ready to play it on your tv Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the biggest design flaw about the switch and it's, it's well documented by now, but the, the fact that the, uh, the USB-C port is on the bottom. Yeah. And, and trying to play in tabletop mode and charging your switch at the same time is impossible unless you get one of those stands. Put that on the but, list of the things that Nintendo is going to fix for the inevitable, like upgraded switch right that I, I hope they do years. that i think we talked about it on another episode but i i hope they do that but the thing is about their home consoles is they never did variations of their home consoles they did do it on their on their portables though so it's up for, right it's up in the air so this I'll is the hybrid I, yeah, I fully expect I, it i could see a and switch I, xl i can i would switch think XL, that it would oh my be, god i would think it'd be more powerful too so maybe switch xl but like the screen's already pretty damn big for a portable or switch U. Oh, can, can, can we not? That's bad. Just uh, give us the game sphere, Nintendo. <laughs> uh, Colin, what have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing, well, a game, like a game and a video game in a sense, I guess. Um, uh-huh. So basically, uh, me and my, my uh, roommates last night, uh, we got into Bloodborne, the card game. Oh. Um, mm. yeah, so basically, uh, and my roommate picked it up for me a while back, and so we always wanted to try it. Uh, but basically, the idea is, um, and, and I don't want to get too in depth in the canis because it can get pretty confusing trying to explain it off the cuff. Um, but basically, the idea is, um, everyone has like their own boards, and you're basically trying to kill monsters in order to get what are called trophies in the game. So with every monster you kill, you gain uh, the specific trophy designated on the monster's card that you kill. And the more uh, trophies you get, the more bonus blood echoes you can get by the end of the game. Because as you as you kill monsters, you gain blood echoes, which are uh, these little token things. Um, basically, like like souls and dark souls are blood echoes and bloodborne. But they're like little tokens that you use um, to basically they're basically your points. And um, and how they and it's really cool how they like translate stuff from the actual game uh into the game itself so like you can't actually you have like your collected blood echoes section and then your banked blood echoes and your collected blood echoes you can't put in your banked blood echoes until you go to the hunter's dream so like at the end of every round you can go to the hunter's dream if, if you so choose so yeah interesting um, right so i don't want to want to make this explanation too confusing but yeah go ahead and ask me like anything you're curious about it yeah I, yeah okay so you played the original blood like the video game version of blood right one. right yes okay. i did yeah yeah so how how do you feel that like does it translate well or do you kind of feel like it feels like another board game which is bloodborne slapped on it no i mean they definitely like translate the aesthetic of the game very well i mean they literally use like the graphics and the screenshots basically from the game on the cards themselves and it feels like they really make it feel like the game has been turned into a card game. Obviously, the I mean, it's not a third person, you know, action game. It's a it's a, it's a card game. So right. they had to make some co- like compromises. But the way they integrate all the different aspects of the video game into a card game is really cool. And they, they do like a really good job of v- being very fan servicey in that way. Like um, like the, all the different weapons you see, like all the different upgrades, all the different bosses are there. 
So that, that it's pretty cool. Um, and the gameplay loop itself is like a lot of fun. It's it's not like one of those things where you play it for a while and it gets really dry because it, it opens up. Uh, the way the game works opens up to uh, a lot of player deception. So a lot of players can players can actually team up and try to get other players killed by the boss for their benefit because oh. the idea is that you want to be the person with the most blood echoes by the end of the game because that's how you win. Um, so there's a, basically there's a deck of 10 monsters and then there's a final boss card. And so what you got to do is you got to either work together or in some cases, obviously, uh, get each other killed. And But at the same time, you're trying to get through this, 10, this deck of 10 monsters. You got to kill them all. And then you get to the final boss. And once you kill the final boss, you tally up all your blood echoes. And whoever has the most blood echoes wins. So it's technically a competitive game, right? Like every man for himself, it's, every hunter for himself. It's a competitive cooperative game. Right, because yeah. if, if you don't get to the end, no one wins. Exactly. And and what all was right. crazy, uh, so every uh, most every boss card and final boss card has a special effect. And the final boss card has a running effect that changes the, the rules directly of the entire game. So uh, the final boss card we were playing with like last night was uh, Mikolash. And his special effect was every time a monster escaped, meaning every time if you if you play a round and you don't kill a monster within one round and it still has blood echoes left over, a.k.a. health, it escapes. Well, every time a monster escapes with Mikolash on the field, you have to insert another card from the box into the, the monster deck, essentially prolonging the game. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, so we were running into a problem where the game was starting to take forever, but eventually we started plowing through the uh, the monsters because we, we ran into a streak where uh, we got a streak of regular bosses, which regular bosses, they don't escape and they stay on the field like every, every time. So we had to keep like, and those have an insane amount of health. So we were like trying to get through them. We just took forever. But Yikes. yeah, so it, it's really cool. But, and then there's like another card that's like, oh, hey, if your character dies twice, during the care like the the course of the game you are out for like you're out of the game you're done like that's huh. the effect of one of the bosses like yeah so like the the it captures the direness and like the prepare to die part of like dark souls and uh bloodborne so that's really cool how they yeah do that. that is actually kind of neat like there's yeah. also a dark souls card game isn't there like there's a, a dark board, souls game, board game that's it yeah which i definitely want to check out after playing this card game because if it's anything like this but like even deeper because it's a board game I'm fucking I'm so into it like it, right. it's it's really cool so like three to four players three to five players and how long like if you sit down and like you start it up how long does it take I think I think we had a special case uh since well first of all you have to also remember we we just learned how to play last night so we had to kind of like waddle our way through the rules since it was the first time um but otherwise, like the actual game itself took probably about an hour and a half just because we drew that one fucking final boss card that made the game longer. Yeah. Since we okay. had monsters escaping and we had to constantly put monsters back in. But if we had any other boss, it probably wouldn't have taken near as long. Mm. I mean, hey, that sounds yeah. like a fun time, though. I actually kind of Dude, it in is. It. And like, yeah. honestly, it'd be, it'd be fun as hell to sit down and play that and have a few drinks, too. Yeah. Jack, you still alive? Still kicking? Yep. yep. Cool. Uh, all right yeah. <laughs> jack's over there like dude he's fucking killing me god blood, like fucking souls game fucking card games i, mean, oh. I hate this <laughs> right, i was trying let's... to be subtle but it didn't seem to work <laughs> let's uh let's talk about some news though shall we
Alright, so off the top here, uh, System Shock. Did any of you guys play that back in the day? I actually, when uh, when I first built my, my first gaming PC, you know, it was completely, like, way, way overhead, like, so much overhead. I, of course, I was playing some old school PC games because I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back and play Baldur's Gate and the original Fallout and System Shock and all those retro PC games. Um I played System Shock 2 and it was fu- it's so fucking hard. <laughs> game's brutal, dude. Like uh, you read that shit about how like because the, the thing about the game is you get in certain situations where you just get stuck and you have to restart. Like you, just you, you just you can fuck yourself over. Yeah. Yeah, that's just cuz that's just how the games were made back then. It was true survival ga- like horror games like you just you can drive yourself into a corner. Yeesh. I've never played it, but after learning that it was kind of like the prequel or the predecessor to Bioshock, it made me want to go back. I just haven't yet. Oh yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool and charming game, even even with its old graphics. So I mean, if you if you can pick it up on a Steam sale or whatever, it's definitely cool. Yeah. So uh, a while ago, back in 2015 or 16, I believe, uh, some guys from Night Dive Studio started up a Kickstarter that said, "Hey, we're gonna reboot System Shock. We're gonna remake it from the ground up, and we're gonna do is it." Huh. In now, is this the second one or the OG? The original System Shock, and these guys okay. are like taking it up and you know giving it a whole redesign basically giving it the crash bandicoot and saint trilogy treatment and they're building it in unity or not they were building in unity now they're building in unreal but now they're not building it because it's on hiatus for oh, they get caught or something? Did what they get caught like oh you don't have the license to this or some shit no or? no no they got the license and everything it's it's oh. that they raised 1.3 million on kickstarter and now they're saying uh, basically we've, we were making the game and then we decided like, we kept doing that thing where it's like, you know, let's add this in, let's add that in, let's add this in. And it be- like became a game that wasn't really system shock, but another game entirely. So they're taking a break to, you know, refocus, think of their vision once again and focus it back onto making it a system shock reboot. Okay. Hmm. So there, there's all your money that you pissed away. Kickstarter backers. That's Damn. nice. Jesus Christ, that's Dude, really garbage. So, yeah, that, I, I I can't believe that. Like, it just it, it just makes me angry. It just straight up makes me angry. Like, yeah, like it, it's such a let's it's such a cool idea. Let's take System Shock and remake it, and then one point three million dollars is n- like, wow, that's huge. That's like a I, big budget for an indie game too. Like, yeah, I mean, because in game design, right? That's not as much money as you'd think. No, but I don't. For the sounds of it, it's not. This isn't like some AAA dev, though. You know what I mean? This we ain't ain't talking AAA games. Speaking of AAA, like guys, Star Citizen still has not come out. Like that is like the most highly one of the most highly funded, expensive games in the history of you know mankind. You can buy how many? Like, go ahead. Go no, you just you can buy plots of virtual land in Star Citizen. I I don't want to you know break open a whole can of worms here about Kickstarter, but it's like we need to learn, right? Like we cannot look at 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 this as a an exchange, right? This is not a this is a business, I guess. It's a way to fund or to fund games that might not ever exist, but it's not like I'm I'm giving you your money, my money in exchange for something. There's no guarantee. You know, you need to look at it kind of like a donation. And if you get nothing out of it and you're okay with that, then go ahead and do it. But if you're not okay with potentially getting nothing out of it, then do not use Kickstarter. That's not the platform to use because they have no obligation whatsoever to deliver what they tell you they're going to deliver when they say they're going to do it. So there's just so many examples. I don't need to go down the list, but so many examples of it just going completely wrong, like really fucking up. 
Uh, people just stealing money outright, just straight up fraud on there. Like, I'm very, very, very gun shy to ever use Kickstarter again. I've just been burnt too many times. Right now, the only thing I'm really waiting on is uh, is uh, Shenmue 3. <laughs> and we'll see how, you know, when that ever comes out. Uh, the only thing they I'm get- waiting on is uh, Igarashi's new game. Uh, like that, that Castlevania new game. That's not Castlevania. Oh, uh, Bloodstained. Oh, Bloodstained. I forgot yeah. that was a thing. Is that coming out this year? Oh, yeah. It's still yeah. happening. They He uh, did an interview not too long ago. Actually, with the Happy Council Gamer, but it's like he's been at like the they're going to cons and like showing the game off and stuff. Like it's, I remember it not looking great. It, I mean, it, it's well, like it's well in progress, and it, apparently, it's like development's going really well. It's just taking a while. They're really taking their time with it. It's supposed to be out. Like I think they estimated around later, sometime later this year, like late this year. Don't um, be another mighty nine, number nine. Don't be another mighty well, number let's nine. Let's hope not. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's, it's no. Yeah, it's going out sometime this year, so we'll see. Oh, sweet. I will tell you though. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you like real quick what my favorite Kickstarter story is. So, um, so there. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of F and D Films. No. Frank and Deco Films. Mm-mm. Okay. Um. Well, anyway, there are these this YouTube channel that kind of like maybe a year or two after YouTube became a platform, started making videos, and they just made like stupid little short films that me and my friends thought were fucking hilarious when we were growing up, like they were stupid and ridiculous and like in hindsight they're not like the funniest things in the world but there's still some comedy you know there's still some good good stuff in there um anyway they're still doing stuff to this day and the quality of it has only gone up and it's gotten to the it got to a point where they actually got onto tosh.0 and shit like that like they they got some pretty big notoriety and so like i think two or three years ago they put out a kickstarter to make a movie they wanted to make a full-blown movie on by, by themselves right and so their budget for it was like some fifteen twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they asked people. They're like, "Yeah, just donate, and we'll we'll make this movie." And then they're like, "Okay, guys, like we reached the goal. Like we're gonna start filming this movie." And so like a year, year and a half goes by, and then people start asking, "Like guys, like what happened to the movie? Like what the fuck? Like is this thing gonna happen or what?" And so like and I and I followed their Facebook at the time. So they put out a post on Facebook like out of the blue one day and they're like guys, uh we're sorry to tell you like we've just completely ran out of the budget. Things happened and we got in financial gridlock. We ended up blowing all the money. Like just straight up, I'm sorry. Like like we made a mistake and we're like we'll find a way to make it up to you. We'll like we'll find a way to get all the money back to you and blah blah blah. Did they spend it all on hookers and blow? It's basically what like, like what they were <laughs> getting at. Yeah, oh. that's all I. So imagine. like, dude, like I, me, like myself included, everyone was fucking pissed. Like I didn't even back it, but like I was pissed. Like how the fuck? Like why yeah. would you ever do that? Like it's just another drop in the bucket, another typical Kickstarter bullshit story. Like I'm convinced that Kickstarter is the sole reason the hooker and blow industry are both <laughs> still up and running and doing very well, well for themselves. So uh, it, so what happened was so these guys are out of Chicago and and uh, uh, one of the dudes. Uh, was actually on local news in Chicago and, and they interviewed him about like what the fuck happened with all the money and he's in like dude sitting there he's like yeah like we just we blew all the money and and like I it was just like us we were being dumb kids like we just fucking we blew all the money and like I I can't apologize enough like we're so sorry and we're gonna find a way to make it up to them and so like two three weeks a month goes by and people are still fucking raging. They're getting trashed all over online and everything. And uh, they, so one day they make a post 
and they post a trailer for the fucking movie and it says it's all good and that's the name what? of the movie what and i don't know at the beginning of it they're like like yeah we got you fuckers we nah. actually made the movie <laughs> we spent the entire year filming the movie we didn't actually fucking blow any of your money it all went towards the fucking movie here's the trailer you dumbasses. they were just <laughs> being total dicks <laughs> And that's they how actually Kung made Fury the fucking, was born. Dude, that's a, they actually made the movie. They were fucking with people the entire time. Man, fuck those guys. Okay, <laughs> here's the thing though. Is the movie good? I, I you know, I've only seen clips. Like like <laughs> you backed everyone, it and like No, I no, I I said I didn't back oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But like, yeah, they were fucking with people the entire time. Like, dude, and these guys is fucking like the dude that did the interview on the Chicago like news show and everything. He is fucking acting was impeccable. You never, never would have guessed they actually went through with it. Yikes, dude! What a but, dick move, dude. <laughs> dude. It was one of the cleverest fucking things I'd ever seen. Wow. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> next anyway. on the news here. Uh, did you guys know that Columbus, Ohio, is still the fastest growing city in America? <laughs> Uh, another trailer for Ready Player One dropped earlier. I this hate week. you so much. <laughs> and um, you know, I remember us expressing not so favorable opinions of that movie after we've seen the first trailer and every subsequent one after this. Right. You gotta but, you gotta remember that three of us are all three of us are basically Columbus natives, so Kind of, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Um, I mean, for the most part. Columbus is... We all know Columbus very well, and just... We're just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs> I will say, this trailer is probably the best one I've seen. It's the one that's most sold me on the idea of purchasing a ticket, not just to hate the movie. But is it enough? I don't know if it's enough, because it's still <laughs> like, you know, okay, it's a little better, but I can still tell you're trying to shill for the video game people with like, hey, look at the Mario Karts. Look at look at the Halo, the heart, the, what are they named? The Spartans in Halo? The Halos. Yeah. The Halo, Halo Spartan look at the boys. Halos. The yeah, well, look, it's Easter Egg the movie <laughs> with <laughs> Columbus as a backdrop. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> you know what, man? One of my good friends, I'm not going to name him by name. He probably listens to the show, and he'll probably recognize this when I say this, but... <laughs> One of my good friends from way back, I was bringing up how I hated this whole thing, <laughs> this whole movie, and he said to me something that just made it so much worse. He goes, really? He goes, this looks like something I thought you'd really be into. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. The stereotype oh, I, I like video games. So, yeah. but, you know what I mean? That's the whole thing about it. It's like, it's not for, I think, like, the enthusiast, you know what I mean? Like, the real, like, adult enthusiast. It's, like, for, like, kids. Yeah. Like, right. bring well, your and, kids. And the thing is, here's the thing, though. Like, you can do a movie with a lot of fucking Easter eggs and shit like that and a lot of fan service and still make it good. Wreck-It Ralph, anyone? It like, was okay. It was all right. Wreck-It Ralph, Wreck Ralph's a fun movie. It's good. Uh, but it told a decent so story. But, like, this, the, the way this is done is, like, like all the trailers I've seen so far of it, like all the ones we've seen, has just leaned so hard on the idea of it's just like, yeah, it's basically gonna gonna sell tickets because we referenced that thing you grew up with or we referenced that game you play. Like, fuck. The, the, the thing is <laughs> so though, dumb. like I, you know, I am a gamer, but I'm definitely not buying the ticket so I can see that couple seconds that Sonic the Hedgehog is gonna run into the film or anything. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm gonna movie pass it and watch it for free. 
because I want to watch a train wreck. I want to see yeah. this movie be terrible so I can laugh at it later. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm sitting at. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that negative on it. Like, I it's not that like I, I don't I don't want anything really to ever fail unless you're Metal Gear Survive. But um, <laughs> don't want shade anyway. Um, but it's just like the the way that they're showing off. I don't know if it's just the way they're showing off this film. But I will go see it out of out of sheer curiosity. More more than anything, it's not really so much the video game thing. It's more like I want to see if they actually reference anything real in Columbus, and I want to see what dystop- they actually did to make it look like dystopian Columbus, Ohio. I mean, don't you remember the Columbus Iron Giant? <laughs> don't, don't you remember? We're the, we're the, we're the Ohio yeah. State Iron yeah, Giants, the right? Brutus. He should be in there. Seriously, yeah, fucking Brutus should be what, in there. What's the over under that Brutus is in there? Actually, what's I mean? I, let's he's be not, real here. He's not a video game character. Why would he be there? I know. So what year does it he's, take place? He was in NCAA football. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, what, I think uh, it's what year 20, does it take place? Twenty forty eight or something like that. See, I should remember because it's it's at that part in the trailer where he says Columbus is the fastest growing city and whatever, and Dude, I love that line. Stop! And, but I and like on you. the screen, it totally says the year. I just don't remember the year because all I remember is the line. Dude, but here's the thing: like, I, I even scrolling through the the YouTube comments on these trailers, it's like, oh look, they're so and so. Oh my god, they have Spartans! Like, I'm totally gonna go best movie ever because it's got Spartans in it. It's like it's nothing about like, oh, the cinematography looks amazing, or oh wow, this movie looks very compelling and engaging. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's nothing like that, you know? Yeah, it, people just don't I, they don't really care about the story; they just care about the references and. To be fair, I mean, it's not a dumb marketing strategy, right? Like, it's not, like, from a marketing standpoint, it's not stupid. But depends how much that it may, or it costs, right, to get all those people, all those uh, properties in there. Right. And then what they make. This movie could totally bomb. Steven Spielberg is by no means a, like, you know, guaranteed blockbuster director. Like, he, yeah, he's a big name. He brings a lot of clout. Don't get me wrong. But name the last... Steven Spielberg movie that like really you know shook the industry up. It, like, I feel like movies have kind of moved on after him. Like ever since he peaked early, ever since Jaws, yeah, you know it's kind of been slightly downhill. I mean, don't get me wrong. Saving Private Ryan, E.T. Obviously, two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. Yeah, that's not Steven Spielberg. What are you talking Wait, about? Fuck. Never mind. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't know movies. Don't listen to me. <laughs> 2001 yeah. is uh now you made me blank on his name yeah oh no that was the year when steven was going by uh stanley kubrick that was the year <laughs> where he changed his uh, name yes. to stanley uh, kubrick god kubrick, i'm done i'm kubrick done era, yeah. then he Just also kick- made clockwork orange and then changed yeah. his name back to steven yeah. spielberg yeah it was weird yeah it was weird time. <laughs> i couldn't it was explain time. it yeah rip me <laughs> anyway okay what movie am I thinking of? Didn't you make a sci-fi movie? You're thinking of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yes, that's what I meant. I'm so I'm sorry. That's yeah. my fault. <laughs> Same yep. thing. I cannot let yeah. you do that. Same thing. They're uh, both space movies. Stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so speaking of space, actually, if just this is just a short plug. If you guys have not played Dead Space yet, it's free. Just get it on PC. It's free. I right actually now. did Wait, the first click one? that button. Yes, I did click that button, and Yo. I have fond memories of the first dead space very I fond memories where yes. we're at ea yeah. origin ea origins yeah. they're on the house thing so it's free for uh, i mean who knows how long they they kind of don't really say for their on the house deals just get it now like seriously it's such yeah, a good go, game yeah. go click i'll play, button, I'll play dead space one again shit dude i'll play it on pc heck yeah 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 i have dead space three on origin and i haven't i don't know i heard Same. the third one sucked but i just i'm really into the i'm kind of into the lore in dead space who knows yeah, one of Dead the first Space games, 3 has more lore in it, I think. 
I was just going to say, one, uh, one of the first games that kind of uh, evolved how UI is communicated. Oh, yeah, it's so cool, the design on that. It's pretty novel back then. I don't know. It might be cliche now, but back then it was it was fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, not, dude, I'm actually... That's so fucking cool. I'm one of my professors was the level designer in Dead Space One and Two. <laughs> like, oh, shameless cool. plug. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah, it's was, it was, it's so fucking cool learning about that shit. But yeah, yeah. So if you haven't played it and you're into like survival horror, space alien, creepy like monster things, dissecting zombie aliens limb by limb. This is your game. Oh yeah, it's so good, so great. Uh, final news story here. The co-founders of Sledgehammer, that third uh, Call of Duty studio, they are currently resigning as co-presidents because they are moving on to some sort of executive duties in Activision. Whatever that. So means. they got promoted then. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, in a way, I mean they're still technically like leaving one workplace for another. Technically, for the parent company. Yeah, yeah they're making the jump. Yeah. Yeah. So they made Call of Duty boots on the ground. I mean World War Two. Well, now they've got their boots on Activision's ground. Yeah, boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Who, did someone say boots on the ground? Pants on the ground. I Pants mean, on the ground. Congrats, I guess, to Michael Condre and Glenn Schofield. But I don't know what that means for Sledgehammer. Because apparently World War II is like just okay. I mean, it wasn't that great as far as Call of Duties go. Yeah, you can kind of tell they half-assed it. It's almost as if they knew they were going to make a move and didn't care anymore. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Sledgehammer. I mean, it, it puts us in this place because World War II was just a couple months ago. So whatever the... It was like, just a couple months ago, guys. We were in a post-war society. World War II <laughs> yeah, happened. World War II just happened. Hitler yeah. just died. Welcome. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, but yeah. So that, that game came out only a couple months ago. So whatever the Call of Duty is that they're going to be working on and like, like that's going to be released in two, three years, they're just starting probably their new dev cycle. Here's a novel and, idea. How about how about no more Call of Duties ever? That, That'd be great, but you ain't, know how this industry is going to happen. I mean, I'm just curious to see if it'll change at all because of this change in, you know, like, like presidents. Who knows? Meh. You guys ready for but, Blops 4 on Switch? I'm excited. Zombies on the go, man. Fuck off the, with your zombies, Robert. When did the so first good. Call of Duty come out? Do you guys, can somebody look that up real quick? Are we approaching uh, like 20 years of Call of Duty? Call of Duty One. I don't want to look it up. I want to see if I remember. I, it was like 2001. Oh, I look got it, it up, Robert. Don't don't tell I, I me. Have it. Yeah, it, you want to guess? Is it? Yeah, I think it's 2001. Uh, Might have been no, 1999. No, because it was after Medal of Honor. Uh, uh, what, what what which Medal of Honor do, was it? Do, do, which which right, was the one where you? Anyway, uh, 2003. I'm saying hey, one. one of you is right. 2003. There you go. So we're we're if fifteen years of Call of Duty before 15. you know it, it's gonna be in the second years. decade. Yeah, because uh, oh, Call of Duty Two was a launch title for the three hundred and sixty, which came out in 05. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Wow. God, it, it is, is a weird, awkward teenager right now. Huh. So it's about That's as strange. old as all those kids that say they fucked your mom on Xbox oh. Live. <laughs> Fine, strapping young lads. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they've what they put out? I think what Morgan. 14 games? How many games have they made? Am I Googling too, that, too? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't. Just way too many. Oh, like, God. stop the Call of Duty. There okay. was, like, three different versions of Call of Duty 2. It was, like, Call of Duty 2, and then Call of Duty 2, Big Red 1, and then Call of Duty 2, Finest Hour, or some shit. I don't know. The last one should be called We Called It. Call of Duty. We called it. Yeah. <laughs> we called of duty <laughs> I'm still waiting on Call of Diddy. <laughs> With P. Diddy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're just in the background going, yeah, 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Call of Duty Black like, Cops. Too. Like it's it's still like a war game. It's like, you know, yeah, we've gotta go stop this bombing that's about to happen in the city. Yeah. <laughs> Just PDD. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Call of Duty uh, Call uh. of Duty uh Beverly Hill Cops three, party all the time edition. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on to the final section of our podcast here uh let's move to question of the week colin you want to hit you want to you want to slap us with that question whoa yeah so theme of today's question is cookies mm. yes okay i want i want to make it a little bit more lighthearted. but okay so i i'm not sure how i'm gonna phrase it I'm just going to roll with it. All right. So would you rather if, if you can only pick one for the rest of your life, would you rather a chocolate chip cookie or a style like that or a sandwich cookie? You had you can only pick one. The other one is gone for the rest of your life. Sandwich cookie, i.e. Oreos. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like ice cream sandwich cookie. Yeah, that's no. what I was thinking at first. No, no, sandwich cookies, sandwich style cookies, i.e. Oreos. Okay, so a cookie with filling or a regular cookie? I, I guess, yeah, I guess you could say that, yeah. Mm, it's hard. Uh, for me, it's pretty easy. I'd easily go with regular cookies. They're so much more fun, I think. How so? What's your argument? I mean, okay, look, for one, they're kind of like disc-shaped cakes where you can put almost anything in them and still call it a cookie, right? Yeah. Whereas with the cream-filling ones, you know, I mean... They can only get so elaborate. Like, it's much easier to find, like, gourmet, home-baked, you know, like, fancy schmancy chocolate chip cookies. Not often do you go to a restaurant or a bakery or anything and find homemade, like, Oreo-style cookies. I So, my Kanye argument to that, though, is, like, you say, you say they get too simple, but Oreos has, like, a bajillion different fucking flavors. Yeah, but it's still Oreos. It's not like oh, yeah. gra- it's not Grandma Patty making delicious, you know, fancy Oreo cookies. It's still Oreos. It's still it's still the National Biscuit Company. Okay, so let me ask you this though. So like, if you're rolling with the regular cookie, are you a fan of those those chewy Chips Ahoy cookies? When like I want the, one. the ones that are kind of like rubbery. When I want big. that, I I'm fine with that. When I, when that's okay. what I want. Yeah, it's yeah, happened. I'm on the same. On that I same don't think like yeah. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes the texture rubs me the wrong way. I get what you're saying. It's like that mass produced, like a machine clearly. Oh yeah, it's definitely tastes out. like artificial yeah. as hell. Yeah, it's because of preservatives. It's oh, because yeah. it has a shelf life of like a decade or something <laughs> like that. But you know, I mean, that's that, what it is. Yeah, that's that's my reasoning though for wanting to stick with regular cookies. Because yeah, you can get like those kind of chips ahoys where it's obviously machine made but it's also super easy to just probably within that grocery store if not just go to a local bakery or make it your fucking self um (laughs) to get nice homemade warm just baked cookies with nice gooey like texture you know like that kind of i will say yeah you can't get that with sandwich cookies because i you know what i fucking love is those those like instant bake like toll house cookies Mm -hmm. you know you just toss them on a fucking pan throw them in the oven for like 20 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever and they're done yep and it's sometimes, like you get ooey dewy ooey gooey fresh baked cookies uh sometimes the human body just wants to poison itself sometimes <laughs> alcohol. you know you just want to die of coke sometimes you just want to chips ahoy you know it's terrible it's not even that good but it's just you gotta do it i don't know what it is yeah you but just gotta do it and then you just next gotta, thing you know you're halfway through the pack of chips ahoy and you're like well already halfway yeah. there fuck it well, oops yeah well, that, <laughs> gotta, that go get, gotta get yeah. <laughs> gonna get go, go get more milk anyway so uh, what's your what's your side on this jack 
So first day uh, in the office, manager, um, there's a service here that's very popular, actually, among offices and just in general. It's called Tiff's Treats, and uh-huh. they have a pretty novel uh, service. You you get online, you make your order, and within like 45 minutes, they will deliver to your location anywhere in Austin fresh, hot, out-of-the-oven steaming cookies. Holy that's kind of I mean, it's the same idea as Insomnia Cookies, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, they have something like that too. Oh, they're yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah. Awesome. You, they was here. It was a thing when you were when you lived here. Oh, I never, I never used I mean, it. Yeah, they're they're geared toward the college students. You know, they're like open till three a.m. when you're drunk and on a binge or whatever. But you, know? you got to have a minimum. I'd assume they're not going to deliver one cookie. I don't, I, no. I mean, I've always if I got them delivered, I always got a dozen cookies. I felt like yeah. I'm going to buy one. Might as well get twelve because I know yeah. I'm going to eat. Yeah. Same thing with this. Like, there's a minimum involved too. But anyways, uh, white macadamia nut cookies are my favorite cookies on the planet Earth. And so if I had to choose between that or like cream filled, I would definitely go with you, Robert. I'd go regular cookies. It's just, I don't know, man. That's where, that's where good living is right there. Yeah. That fresh out of the oven uh, smell. Nothing beat it. Even, even microwave a cookie. It's still delicious. Like if we lived in a world where like it was popular to freshly bake sandwich cookies. How do you, how do you even do that though? Yeah, I don't know. I can't really think of and and actually, hold on, Colin, is this allowed? You you choose regular cookies so you can never get sandwich cookies in your life, but then you take two cookies and then you put like icing between them and then just smash them together and make a sandwich cookie. See, I would never do that, but yeah, I would never I mean, do it either. But is that legal? And I, I suppose so. I don't. I didn't think of that. He's looking for loopholes, loopholes where there aren't loopholes, even loopholes, any needs here. Loopholes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know why. Why? But. Okay. I mean, I mean if you want if you want diabetes. I mean, I if mean, you want an ice cream sandwich cookie, that's how you do it. I sure. mean, there was that time, do you remember that dark period in American history where people were dipping pieces of or slices of fucking pizza in milk? Remember what that bullshit? <laughs> do you remember that shit? That, excuse me? I'm just thing? saying I'm bringing it up like we're talking about who would do that. Like people do weird shit with food is my point. I mean, I but, did. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, what? what uh, dipping your fries in a frosty at Wendy's. That's kind of common now. Yeah. yeah it is. And it, it doesn't the, taste that bad. Like I don't do it regularly. I don't. I, I'll do it maybe a time like in a one fry. Like, OK, I did it. Now I know what it tastes like. Like it's it used to really gross me out, but it's kind of been normalized. It's it's an, it's a weird one, though. I agree. I think it's still odd. It's uh, what's what's the other one? It's like uh, uh, pickle covered in peanut butter. Never like heard of that. Peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, that's Dude, a so thing. We know, what, we know what kind of porn you're into. Sounds Jesus like. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, the purple pickle. <laughs> A purple yeah. pig? Hold on. No, no. I'm talking about like the eggplant and the emoji. People are like, oh, you know, the purple pickle. Like, that's not what that is. Oh, my God. That's is, not that what that is. is that seriously what people have called it? Yes. Please. Oh, my. <laughs> we have a title to this episode. Gross. Gross. Purple pickle. <laughs> all right. That should do it for us for this week, I believe. It's all uh, if, Robert's fault, everybody. It's all Robert's fault. It's always my fault. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed what we did here, you know leave us an itunes review that'd be wonderful it'd be great it'd be awesome uh if you don't want to leave us a review you know just tell a friend you know uh if if you have a friend who has a concert coming up or like a recital or something interrupt their performance on stage to let them know <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna let you finish but the but tiny disc podcast i'm gonna let you finish yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean then you also let other people know which is just a great service in general um 
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, or anything you want us to read live on this pre-recorded show, you can shoot us an email at tinydiscpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to follow all our social media channels to get any updates from us, they're all listed at tinydisc.com. And that's also where we have all of our previous episodes if you want to check those out as well. Uh, where can we find you guys on the internet? Uh, Colin Amano, a.k.a. BooBoo underscore underscore five five on Twitter. And I'd also like to give a shout out to Grandma's Cookies because Grandma's Fresh Baked Cookies, the way my grandma makes those things, man, they could they could be a meal in and of themselves. Those motherfuckers have some calories in them. Those motherfuckers are dense. Just saying. Guess swole. What? <laughs> get swole. Just get swole oh. off cookies. Oh, I thought you said, I guess wheel and then just stopped. <laughs> I was like, why did stop there? I guess wheel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. At J- Let's wrap this shit up. Okay. So at J-A-C-C-E-P-E-D-A on Twitter, Mr. Cepeda. Very nice. And you can find me at Panoptimist, P-I-N-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T. So if you are still interested in that Black Panther spoiler cast, stick around after the music. We'll definitely be back, except for Colin, because he hasn't seen the film yet. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, guys. Life scrub. happened. I didn't get to see it. I'm sorry. I want to see it. I'm so scrub. I'm sad. I'm just as upset as you guys are. I'm sorry. But it's okay. Scrub. Colin will be joining you guys listening to us on the other side. Uh, and if you want to bounce off here because you haven't seen Black Panther and don't want to be spoiled yet, just come back. Just put it on pause. Go watch the film. Come back. It'll be great. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Tiny Disc Podcast. And we'll see you next Thursday if you're not sticking around. Giant and shock. Hey everyone, welcome to our Black Panther spoiler cast here at the end of episode 35. Holy hell, what a good movie that was. Alright, Jack. La Pantera Negra Están Aquí. That's right. Yes, the Black Panther the was awesome. speaking people. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching, uh, I saw some pictures from uh, people all over the world that were uh, taking selfies right at the movie theater. And one happened to be in Spain and it said, La Pantera Negra. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. That's slick. You know, that that just yeah. means Black Panther in Spanish, right? I, I am aware. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Okay. So this movie was kind of incredible for the weekend in terms of just like money. You know, this movie made huge amounts of dosh for uh, Disney. So over the four-day weekend, because, you know, Monday was a holiday, uh, 242 million smackaroonies. 242 million. Yeah. Shattering all expectations. People were, like, projecting, like, 150, 160 maybe, even 180 I saw, like, at the high end. Disney was estimating 235 million, actually. They, oh, they were shooting worldwide, high. worldwide. You're talking yeah, about, worldwide. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, two forty-two million. It, that's actually only in North America, right? Yeah, that's, it's crazy. It's like that's what I'm saying. It's like skyrocketed over and above all expectations. It's insane. Yeah, and now it sits at second biggest box office total for the first four days of a film, sitting right in between the Last Jedi, which is third, and then the fir- the Force Awakens, which is above it. 
And we're talking about like in cinema history, not just like in February, but it did set February records too. It did, yeah. Like this is a watershed moment. This is a landmark achievement. And Coogler is going to be like, if they haven't already swiped him up for the sequel, like I can't imagine anyone else doing the sequel. Same. Besides him. And, and I don't know about you, but the, usually when I go to movies, I'm not the kind of person that like buys a ticket before like online or something before going. I usually like just go to the theater and like, oh, okay, I'll buy a ticket. Yeah. And that's worked yeah. for me for a while. But Black Panther was the first movie in a long time where I've had to like, where I uh-huh. walked in and was like, oh. They're like sold out for not only the show I'm about I want to see, but then the next like four or five showings after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. hard to get tickets in a way, which I was like, oh, yeah. wow. It was hard for me to get tickets too. I mean, people were just swiping them up as soon as they went on sale, and so I got some. I think Thursday, and I had to go to like a smaller theater than you know I normally go to, which is fine. I don't care. I, I like small theaters, but we had you know we were kind of cramped and we're kind of like I had to like play. Uh, armchair wars with the person next to me so that was an interesting it's exciting <laughs> a component of the movie uh, theater experience as well but it was worth it man it was worth it it was a really incredible movie i don't i don't really know what to say i mean the numbers speak for themselves i just loved it it was even better than i thought it was gonna be and it, i just never seen a movie like this before I really haven't. Same. And in terms of just like Marvel comics, I actually didn't know much about Black Panther until I saw the movie. Like to me, Black Panther is just one of those characters right. where I've always known like, okay, I know he's like important in terms of just how Marvel works, but mm-hmm. like the Marvel universe works, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know him as much as I know, like Wolverine or Spider-Man. Yeah. He's been absent from just like the main lexicon, right? Of Marvel superheroes. At least when I was growing up, like you didn't really like look forward to playing Black Panther in like the Marvel vs. Capcom games or anything like that. Like, was he in those? He's just kind of absent. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. He wasn't in the lexicon. Like he just was a non-factor. And until a uh, civil war came out, then I was like, Oh, I guess, you know, I wasn't even that excited about him then. It's like, I guess there's Black Panther. Okay. But, someone will be pumped. But the movie speaks for itself. Yeah. Now I'm hella excited to see him in infinite war. Now I'm starting to like question like maybe I should be really hyped for Marvel movies now because after Spider-Man, after Thor Ragnarok, and now this, it's like they're on a tear now. Like these are some really entertaining movies in a lot of different ways. And they're all different. They're all three completely different movies. It's it's kind of bringing me back because you know, I've all I've been saying, like, yeah, you know, Marvel movies for me are kind of eh, like I have yeah. like I don't make a point to see every Marvel movie that comes out. I to this day have still not seen Civil War. But you don't need to. It's not that good. Yeah, but these I, would, past three, I would say wow. we're gonna watch Iron Man. No, you're right. Yeah, I mean I've seen no, the ahead. Iron Man trilogy. So yeah, not. the first Iron Man is still awesome. Oh yeah, but yeah. no. So Black so. Panther. There. So like at its core, yes, it's still a superhero movie, right? Like if if someone hates superhero movies, I think it'd be kind of hard to still sell them on this. Mm-hmm. But it does it so well. And it somehow still feels kind of fresh, even though it's kind of a similar formula, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it is formula. Yeah. For, formulaic. Yeah. And in terms of like, here's his origin story. And then, you know, here's introduction to the bad guy. The main character somehow falls or lose status. And then the bad guy gets stronger. And then the good guy makes a sweeping return and beats the bad guy. Like in terms of that, it's still the same. Right. Right. 
Yeah, I uh, also was. I mean, the movie was just getting so hyped up, like leading up to the release, that I was going on media blackout. I was like, I don't want to know anymore. Like, I already know I want to watch it. Like, just leave me alone here. I was even hearing uh, rumblings of Michael B. Jordan being compared to Heath Ledger's Joker, and I was like, okay, whoa, 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 slow your roll here. Like, that is those are some huge shoes to fill. Like. No, let, let me wait to pass judgment and can we just stop doing that please because i don't yes i think he did a great job as eric killmonger i think he's a very layered nuanced uh villain like some of the best villains in the world or some that you sympathize with you know on some level and uh but come on he's not like heath ledger as the joker in dark knight like no yeah it's not let's let's just like dial that back here okay don't go in expecting that kind of performance um, but it still was awesome. I mean, the movie was very emotional, much more emotional than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just really good. I don't know. Where do we start? Man, I mean, do you just want to go through the story or? I kind of want to hear. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a synopsis in front of me or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, there's like some really funny parts to it. I want to talk about. There's some really like surprising parts. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what I will say is. I liked the amount of humor that was in the movie because this could have been a very dark film, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. because just in terms of like the themes that it touches upon and just, you know, the things that happen, it could have just been like a hard hitting, super serious film, but they had just the right amount of jokes where it didn't feel like, oh, this is Spider-Man, right? You know, it didn't feel like a jokey film, but it was enough to just kind of lighten the mood when you needed it. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think of the scenes, like pretty much any scene with uh t'challa's sister i'm I'm forgetting her name right now shuri whenever she's in it it's just like it's always funny you know like her flipping him off as she walks away or like you know (laughs) her like saying hey so this suit like records all your kinetic energy so why don't you hit it again and then she like pulls up the video recorder and you know that whole like (laughs) it was just very fun you know (laughs) no it was very lighthearted. you know when it needed to be and that i definitely appreciated it you know you kind of come to expect a movie to be entertaining in a certain way, you know, following that Marvel formula. But this one kind of carved its own niche in so many ways. And not only the humor, but like from a technical point of view as well, like the costumes, man. Yes. The costumes were fucking impressive. Like seriously, like Oscar worthy and the makeup and the music. I mean, just right. Like every component of this is almost like 10 out of 10. Like, I don't know how else I'd improve it. Yeah. I, I see for me when I walked into the film, I knew it probably wouldn't be a soundtrack that I'd love just because I I don't, you know, like rap and hip hop as much just in general. Mm -hmm. It's like not in my repertoire, but I walked out of that movie thinking more about the soundtrack than I thought I would. I totally went and listened to the soundtrack and I was actually like sad because the whole soundtrack is on title. Um, my streaming service of choice. It's also on Spotify. I, Fun fact. Yes. And I'm sure it's on a bunch of things, but I was sad that the OST isn't on title. I was like, man, I really want to listen to like the drums. Cause there's so many, there's just some straight good workout music there. You yeah. Know what that, I mean? That's what I was like kind of disappointed with when I tried to listen to the album on Spotify. I was like, man, I just want the drum tracks. That's kind of what I'm, For I'm sure. feeling. You know, yeah, not, the not that the the songs on the album are all bad. It's just like it didn't quite fill that what I was looking for. You know, Kendrick Lamar had a major hand in the soundtrack. He like procured and picked and wrote songs for this movie. It's almost like a, a Kendrick Lamar album in a way, you know, like yeah. all the songs, all the tracks that are not his own. He picked to be on 
Uh, so he was in charge of that. So that's why it kind of feels like an album when you listen to beginning to end. I think that was the intent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you want to just like go through the story or well, what do you want to do? I think let's start off with this question. What if, if you had to pick a moment or maybe two moments that stand out to you even right now, what would you uh, say those hard. are? Some of my favorite moments. Um, I think that, okay, I think that's interesting that they actually were able to, right after, right, just two months after the Star Wars movie came out, they're like, no, this is how you do a casino scene and a, and a action scene afterwards. You know what I mean? It's like, it made this one in Star Wars Last Jedi seem so trivial and so stupid, like even more so. I was like, oh my gosh, when they went to South Korea. Yes. That was so awesome. They actually were in Busan too. Yeah, so, I thought that was cool. Yeah, and, and that whole scene and that whole sequence it was so tense and action packed and awesome. And there's just so many like fist pumping moments. That was one of the highlights for me was the chase scene after the casino scene. All of it, like that whole like 15 minute chunk, was so badass. And I would I would totally go back and just watch just that part. It was so cool, man. So the special effects, the way that his suit kind of uh, charges up and then he can like release it, like that's pretty badass. That's kind of a unique uh, superhero power to have. Um, that that was a standout moment for me. One of them. Yeah. For me, moments that I think stick to me a lot is whenever Chadwick Boseman, who plays T'Challa, Black Panther. The moments when he like yells and it's so deafening and it, there, there are only like two moments I think in the film where he does it, but they just have such high impact. Like, do you remember when he's talking to Zuri, that shaman and asking like what really happened on that day when, uh, you know, my dad caught my uncle like stealing right oh that was so yeah yeah that was so and, emotional man yeah and Zuri was like I swore to the king I wouldn't tell you and Chadwick's like I am your king now. You know, like that, that moment he was just like, just, just the way he said it and just how deafening it was. And then just everything went quiet after that yeah, second, like, oh. you know, and it was just like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, yeah, man. and yeah, um, it- there's another one when, when he goes under again and, you know, he's talking to his dad in the dream world and his dad's like, now you can join us. And, you know, he's like, but no, like, why, why have you stayed secret? Why have you stayed, you know, isolated? And, right. you know, the dad was like, cause it was the way to do it. And then he was like, well, you were all wrong. And you know, I don't know. I just Chadwick fucking nailed it for that. Just to tell us a whole character was like born to play this role. Yeah. Like this is one of those movies. Like I will say, listen, you know, me and dark Knight, And I think that comparisons to this and dark Knight maybe premature but the sequel to this movie might totally be you know if they keep going in this directory the the next black panther movie could totally be in the same conversation as dark knight i feel after seeing this whole film but uh i totally forgot where i was going with that (laughs) i I don't know chadwick's really good chadwick's really really good okay here's what i was gonna say i was gonna say that um the actor that played batman in uh dark knight he was good, but he wasn't like born to play that role. Whereas I feel like Chadwick Boseman completely embodies Black Panther, and I could never imagine a world where another actor played Black Panther. Now, I agree. After this, like 100%. he, this is his completely. I mean, did you see the cover of Rolling Stone? Did you see the cover of Time Magazine? Like, he's this is completely like is going to be his legacy. Him and 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 Ryan Coogler, the director. Yeah, absolutely. Man, okay, so something else I kind of wanted to touch on is you, you briefly mentioned the special effects in this film, but they were really, really good in this film. Like, they blew me away with how good they were. Just, like, the whole suit is so cool and how it, like, just forms over their bodies. Like, the mask just kind of appears, right? Like, just everything right. about how that was yeah. done was really nice. 
even and, seeing Wakanda, like when they would go through the mountain and yeah. like through the force field, that was really convincing too. Right. And I mean, the, yeah. And and I think the part the place where the special effects mean the most to me is that final fight, right, between Killmonger and Black Panther when you know, like that clenching moment is when T'Challa stabs Killmonger through the part in the suit where it just didn't quite reform. You know, mm-hmm. like the suit was just forming back up after those, those, mm-hmm. uh, like the, the things that negate adamantium. Like it was yeah. just about to cl- seal up that hole, but then like he puts <clears throat> the knife through there and just like the way the effects looked there and like conveyed that, that moment that's taking me like 30 seconds to explain it was just amazing. And also, like, obviously, we're in a video game, so I always think about video games as well. Like, what a missed opportunity. Can you imagine if Rocksteady had, like, a legit, you know, like, open, semi-open world game, like, based Panther. on this shit? Like, that, yes, that would have been awesome if, like, a good studio did it. Like, I just feel like they always do those tie-ins just to kind of cash in when a movie comes out. Like, what a lost opportunity here, because this is, like, liter- literally one of the biggest movies of all time. One of the biggest premieres. I know next weekend's going to be strong. Don't ask me why. I just know. Like drop yeah. off is going to be minimal. Yeah, you know, like the, you saw it multiple times, and I totally would see this again. Completely. Like I, I want to buy the Blu-ray already. Like I want it right now. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to watch this on the OLED. Like this is going to look sweet. Like I am really hyped for the movie, and it's because everyone is just executing on an elite level at an elite level. Like Forrest Whitaker. Like I mean, I mean Angela Bassett. Like. Mm. <laughs> You know what I mean? There's just so much star power in this. Lupita Nyong'o, like uh, uh, Daniel Fre- Kaluuya, Martin Freeman, who did a pretty good American accent. Yeah, that was kind of weird though. Seeing him speak now, you know what? I didn't realize it until you just said that. But I was like, oh, that's what was off about that guy. He yeah. was an American. I I will okay. say the power of him in the film, right? Where it hit me multiple times that he was pretty much the only white guy in the film, the only white guy who was yeah. like a main character. He had a cool moment at the end, too, in the finale. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, like, one that hit me that, like, oh, that's that's what it's like, huh? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. Re- I get where you're going with this now. That's that's. I never even thought about that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, there's only one of them. That's funny. <laughs> I never. That's, yeah, that's how it is, I guess, right? I yeah. guess that answers your question. I, I mean, I, there's, um, there's Andy Circus, right? But, I mean, he was, like, a minor villain, kind of, because, you know, he, I mean, spoilers, right? He dies halfway through. Right, he was having some fun in that film in oh, that yeah. role. Like he was, I know him mainly as Caesar in uh, uh, Planet of the Planet Apes. Apes. Yeah, but yeah, but to see him like as a bad guy, like, he's a pretty scary, intimidating bad guy. I wouldn't want him in my face, like, right? You know, I, I, mean, I love this used... character though. I loved. Yeah, like, I made it rain. Did you see that? <laughs> you know, that was just that was fun. <laughs> and then yeah, he was having a blast. And then when he pulls out the uh, vib- vibranium like out of his pants and it says "fragile" <laughs> yeah. that, in the and back, then he just like slams that was it on the too. desk though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know. There's just so much to talk about with this film. We're kind of all over the place in our conversation, but a little bit. I I I think that Michael B. Jordan, um, Killmonger, went, you know, like his backstory was very interesting, mm-hmm. and the fact that he would scar himself for every kill, like that was. That was a cool explanation for why his skin looked like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I just love the film. I recommend it. I, you know, obviously I'm not a member of the community that would, you know, be able to speak more on like the social and civil aspects behind this. But regardless of that, I, I just enjoy it as a great film. I just think this is just a great superhero movie. One of the best uh, Marvel movies ever made. And definitely, I think, in the conversation for being the best, I don't think it's 
I don't think you know it's like so crazy to to maybe suggest that it's better than Avengers or better than uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I, mean, I, it, I would entertain that conversation. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best Marvel movies I've seen. Granted, I haven't seen all of them, but it's up there. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Something I did want to say, though, just because, again, I also am not a member of the community that this like in, in terms of social status, what this uh, movie's about. But what I do really appreciate is that it so seamlessly, it feels like melds the world of like, you know, Africa proper, you know, like natives of Africa and then also African-Americans and just like, you know, Africans abroad, basically, and how they're being oppressed. Right. It just I think it melds those two worlds together in such a way where it kind of makes you think about things in a way that you wouldn't normally think about. And mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of just it, the film just kind of leaves you thinking in a lot of ways, which I really appreciate for being There's a just superhero a, film. Yeah, absolutely. And it leaves you thinking because the acting, again, is like so superb, like in this, the, the interactions between and the character development as well. But the interactions between um, T'Challa and Eric the interactions that both of them have with each other's respective fathers, like all that dialogue, it just gets so deep. The relationship he has with his sister again and with his ex, his ex-girlfriend and just everything. It, the, the movie is really tied together by the interactions that the characters having and, and with the, the believability and the, the, their acting sells it, man. And that's why I feel like, so kind of like, I feel like this movie was just so much more emotional and so it had so much more weight behind every word that was spoken in a way, yeah. you know, cause just, it was just so incredible. And then again, the costumes, the music and and the directing, the editing was all just kind of like icing on the cake. Like director just kind of had to sit back and just not get in the way of like what these actors were putting to film, you yeah. know? And, and then he's smart enough to know not to do that. I mean, wow. I'm just like really like blown away by the whole thing. I cannot wait. I am like genuinely like really, really, really excited for the sequel to this movie. Like I, I want it now. Obviously I want it to be good and it'll probably be two or three years. Yeah. But I'm like super, super excited. Like wh- who knows what's going to happen during infinity war now? Yeah. That's you know, did, true. You, did you stay for the after um, credit sequences? I assume yes. you did. I, I did want to talk about those. But I, don't, I don't know if there was anything you wanted to talk about from like the film proper. Anything else? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, we kind of just like danced around everything. We, did. I guess it's not necessarily as well the cast because we're just kind of talking about whatever. But uh, I would just say, you know, if you you've seen the film, you know, if you're listening to this, hopefully, and if you haven't, like, you already know what I'm going to say. Like, I'm going to watch it again, and you saw it twice. Yes, and I, I might see it a third. Yeah, it's it's just a great, great piece of film man i don't know it, it, i don't even really think of it i mean yeah superhero movie and there's action and everything but i just really kind of treasure like the acting in it is the absolute like reason why i love this film so much so yeah uh there are two things i kind of wanted to point out about the film proper before we go to the end credit scene uh so for one i didn't know daniel kaluuya was in this film until like oh shit that's daniel kaluuya that's the get out yeah. guy <laughs> you know what i mean yeah 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 um and <laughs> Like I don't get me wrong, he performed very well in in Black Panther, but he also performed very well in Get Out. So anytime yeah. I saw him like stare at someone where he has his face kind of down and kind of looking up with like big eyes, I'm just like, what's wrong? Are you in the sunken place again? Oh, Are you no. all right? Oh, no. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that's bad, right? Because that's kind of like, you know, saying that he's only that character now. But right. there's just something about the way he looks with his eyes. You know, it's just very. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. not. Yeah, it's hard to separate it. Like if you see, you know, Luke Skywalker playing a different movie, he's always Luke Skywalker to you. So I get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, sure. And another thing that just that stuck with me uh, is that at the end when Killmonger dies, you will like right before he dies, right before he pulls that dagger out of his like chest. Right. Man. You know, that line he says, I can't remember it like, you know, word for word, but it's like, bury me in the sea where all my ancestors yeah. are because they knew that death was a kinder end than bondage. Yeah, dude, that was rough. Yeah, that was heavy. That was rough, man. And, uh, all right. So uh, you just reminded me of like one thing that I didn't like so much about the film. I, I didn't t- uh, particularly care for when you had a CG uh, Black Panther fighting a CG Killmonger. Like that last final battle, like near the train, mm. like that was a little too fakey for me when they were like falling and doing the uh, Gandalf and the Balrog battle, like through the air. I, I don't know if you get that reference or not. Not really. But, I didn't see Loader, but yeah. Right. But it was just like that. And I was like, ah, uh, okay. So this is just, we're watching CG now. Oh, and, you, so you mean the part where they're just like falling straight down and there's like yeah, no yeah, yeah. music yeah, playing yeah, yeah. and you just hear like thud, thud. Punch, yeah. Shit, it just punch. was too fake looking. It just wasn't real enough for me. So that was one thing that I would criticize. Um, I don't know, that, but again, so little. Like it's a non-issue. Like that scene kind of makes me. It makes me giggle because, like, I saw the movie twice. The first time, I was thinking in my head, like, I mean, it's cool and all that they're finally fighting and they're like superpowered forms, but it's kind of awkward. They're just falling, free falling, no music, just punching each other. No regard for their own safety. Yeah, and then the second time around, I was like, well, I know this is about to happen. And then I hear someone in the theater just laughing their ass off because it's happening. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, good. So I'm not the only one that thinks this is kind of weird. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it was... I don't really have much more to say than I've already said. It was just such a great film. I right. I need to, I feel like I need to see it again to like fully digest like what actually happened. Yeah, that, that's you know? true. Because it would I just kind of let the film wash over me like one time and it was like whoa. It reminded I haven't felt like this about a movie since like maybe Avatar, the last Airbender. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. Uh, James Cameron's Avatar. Uh, it was really the last time I like got out of a movie like whoa. I'm back in the real world now. Like I was in another place. Right. I was in another. I was not in a movie theater just now. I was like transported to this new land. You so. were in Wakanda. I was in Wakanda. I want to go back, man. <laughs> Have you heard that um, they're talking about this now? Like legit, like Congo, like apparently has like two thirds of the world's cobalt supply. And cobalt is a key ingredient in lithium ion batteries. And with all the electric cars and with Apple and everything, Apple now is trying to invest in the Congo and buy it directly from miners, the cobalt. They don't want to go through middlemen or anything like that. Huh. So, what Wakanda and vibranium is not so fictitious now with Congo and cobalt. Like they're going to, by the year 2025, I saw a chart, like they're going to be make, raking in, you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars in cobalt purchases Holy for lithium ion batteries. Unless some, you know, weird technology happens that, you know, who, who can predict, but like it's projected to be a very rich nation coming up. So that's does, like crazy. Does that mean the King of Congo will eventually become the cobalt Panther? I my brain just melted. I have no words. A panther suit made of cobalt. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not bulletproof, we'll but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But man, what a, what a film! Oh, I yeah. hope that it you know around. I guess what would be Oscar time next year, right? I yeah. really think like I, the original score, and I really think the uh, the costumes at the very least, 
and, and and maybe even like screen screenwriting as well. But I definitely am not taking this lightly when I say like there are some Oscar categories that this movie would absolutely fit in. And I just hope we don't forget that uh, when it comes around to Oscar nominee season next uh, next year. I agree. Uh, do you want to, I mean, I assume you stuck around for the extra credit scenes because you're not, yeah. a, you're not a plebe. You, you fucking no. seen a Marvel film. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know my way around these yeah. movies. Yeah. So yeah, I watched rodeo. them both. Mm-hmm. All right. So and that was cool too, man. The, the UN sequence. Yes. Okay. Was dressing you in. That was awesome. Yeah. I think that, that was really great. Cause I think a lot of what he said there, I, I think a lot of people are probably going to quote it and, you know, like use it in social media right now, but I mean, it has its place in the world right now. Like, especially that one line, uh, what's it? The, the foolish build walls while the wise, wise build bridges, I believe is the, right. the, the line. Like that was, right. that was pretty good. I don't know. I, I feel like it fits a lot just in today's climate and culture. If no, we're putting completely. it lightly. Yeah, completely. No, that was very apt and it was, it was a great end. The, uh, yeah, it just is very thought provoking, you know, and it makes you think about things, reflect on things. So. Yeah. Like all good movies should do. Agreed. Kind of holds a mirror up to society and is like, look at yourself, you fucking monsters. Yeah, look at look at it. <laughs> Just look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and, and then the and then the second sequence was kind of a non thing. Like you, you know, you tie in Bucky that he's at Wakanda and he's getting like, you know, healed or whatever. Yeah. I guess that's gonna play its part in Infinity War. I don't know. See, cause I for one I, I know of Bucky. I've just have never seen him in a movie. So He's in the Captain America storyline yeah exactly and i haven't seen any of the captain america movies because i still think he's a jack wagon of a hero but um (laughs) (laughs) so when when that that scene started playing and then you see bucky emerge from the tent everyone else was like oh my god and i was like what's happening (laughs) what is going on whenever they reboot the marvel mcu because you know it's going to happen in like 10 years or whatever yeah whenever they just completely reboot it like make captain america black and watch people's minds melt and just You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, there's that scene in the trailer for Infinity War where they're showing them all running towards the camera. It's like we're gonna, you know, save the world. And with Black Panther in it now, like towards the front, it's just so much more like heavy now. It's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty like, cool. Black Panther, yeah, like Black Panther is kind of like taking over t- for me, like kind of like Batman because there's no good Batman movies now, you know. Yeah. And and so I'm just like, oh my gosh, he's like kind of the new uh, Batman. So. So that's yeah. it, man. All right. That, that, I, I've got no points. other words. I I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess I'd like I'm, to discuss the storyline at some point with you, maybe just off air. But, you know, if you guys have any thoughts or any questions or anything like that, you know, you got our email. So yeah, for sure. Up. And if for some reason you sat through all this and you haven't seen Black Panther, you just go watch. Just go watch it. It's so worth it. Even if you don't have movie pass like Jack and you can't watch it for free, go watch it. Just, just if you're a fan of film at all, it's like one. This is seriously one of the biggest releases uh, in our life so far. You know, yeah. in cinema history. Like this is like like that level of a movie. Yeah, like definitely so. believe the hype. It's a great movie. Oh, it is totally deserved. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think the movie's overhyped at all. No. Yeah, it's got the right amount of like you know action scenes if you're into that, but then it's got a lot of like dramatic you know tense moments between characters. Definitely like good character building. It's got a lot of everything and. I don't know. I'm going to see it a third time. I'm willing to bet if I know me. My uh, my personal Black Panther in my house is going crazy right now. I don't know if you might be able to hear her <laughs> meowing, but uh, that's probably a sign that I need to go. So. Yes. All right. Let's <laughs> cut it off here, though. Thank you for listening to our Tiny Disc Big Spoiler cast here on the Black Panther. And 
we will, I don't really know what movie or what game we'll do it on next, but we'll we'll see it when it happens. <laughs> 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 <laughs>